اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لیسن نمبر 22 سورة البقرة we'll begin from آیہ نمبر 163 وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُ وَاحِدٌ and your God is one God إِلَاهُكُمْ your who is being addressed over here you if somebody says you to you what does that mean who are they talking to us وَإِلَاهُكُمْ and your God your meaning all of mankind all of mankind all human beings your God or people وَإِلَاهُكُمْ is who who is your God إِلَاهُ واحد, one God there is only one true God who is your God the question is who is إِلَاه Ilah is from the root letters Hamza, Lam, Ha. And Ilah gives the meaning of Ma'lu, meaning the one who is worshipped. The one who is worshipped, Al-Ma'bud. But how is he worshipped? With love and with respect. With love and with respect. Have you ever seen a person worshipping an idol? Have you? No? Never? Okay. Have you ever seen a person worshipping something or someone? Whoever they worship? How are they worshipping? With love and with a lot of respect. You will see people bowing down. You will see people bending. You will see people humble, focused, crying, offering their best to whoever they worship. Ilah Linguistically is one who is worshipped with love and with respect. Whoever people consider to be their ilah. Now, people have taken many ilah. One person is worshipping the sun, another person is worshipping a rock, another person is worshipping another human being, another person is worshipping an animal. People worship many things. So who is the real ilah? Who is it that deserves that he should be worshipped with love, with respect? Allah says, إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ One God. وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ And this means that the only one who deserves from you that you bow down to him, you ask of him, you fear him, you respect him, is who? One God. And who is he? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Why is it that He is the only one God? What's the reason behind that? What's the reason behind that? Because He is not just ilah, but He is also ar-Rabb, the Lord. He is the khaliq, the malik. He is the one who created, He is the one who owns, and He is also the mudabbir, the one who plans, the one who nourishes, the one who takes care. If you think about it, if a person worships a rock, who's taking care of that rock? The person himself. Or another person. Is the rock taking care of you? No. The rock was probably manufactured after you were born. Meaning it was manufactured into that idol after you were born. It came into existence much after you. Or even if it was there before you, but it came after some human beings. So does the rock deserve your worship? No. 
Can the rock protect itself? No. Can the rock move itself? No. If it's an animal that is being worshipped, a human being that is being worshipped, are they eternal? No. The animal will eventually die. The human being will eventually die. He will go away. He will leave you. He cannot help you. If he cannot help himself, then how can he help you? If apparently people can betray him, then how can he protect you from betrayal? If apparently people can harm him, then how can he protect you from harm? If he himself is vulnerable, then how can he protect you? He cannot. So who is the only one who deserves your worship? The one who is perfect. The one who is above any weakness. The one who has full authority, full control, absolute, complete qudra, perfect ability. He is the one who deserves your worship. And if you think about it, why? Because we are human beings. We have to worship someone who is greater, better than us. Not something that is lesser than us. It does not befit human beings that they bow down to something that is lesser to them. No. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is perfect in every respect. He is greater in every respect. And this is the reason why, وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُ wahid. لا إله إلاه There is no God but Him. There is no true God but Him. A person might say, well, there are so many things that other people worship. There are many gods out there. What this means is, there is no true God besides Him. So, لا إله إلاه There is no God but Him. If you think about it, وإلاهكم إله واحد What does this statement tell us? You have only one God. Then Allah says, لا إله إلاه There is no God but Him. What does that statement tell us? There is only one God. So the same thing is being mentioned in two ways. Firstly, it's being affirmed. And secondly, it's being mentioned with negation. So first is affirmation, then is negation. First is affirmation that there is only one God. Then there is negation of any other God. So this means there is only one God. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Hajj, Ayah 62, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ That is because Allah, He is Al-Haq. وَأَنَّمَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ هُوَ الْبَاطِلِ And whoever they call upon besides Allah, then that is what? Batil. It is false. It is not true. So if anything else is worshipped besides Allah, what is its reality? Is it really God? No. If there is a rock and you say, my child, will the rock become your child? No. If you look at the sun and you say, my father, will it become your father? No. And if a person says that, you'll say, is she okay? So if a person says to a rock, my God, if a person says to the sun, my God, does that make sense? It doesn't. Because if you think about it, Ibrahim a.s. when he was trying to show to his people about the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what did he do? He said, okay, the sun is my God. But what happened to the sun? It set. It went away. He said, I don't like those who disappear. I don't like those who go away. I want a God who is ever present. Who's always there to hear my prayers, to answer me. So who is that? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُ وَاحِدٌ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ And who is he? Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim.
the one who is very merciful. The one who has a lot of mercy and the one who also shows mercy. The one who affects others with his mercy. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Why do you think these two names are mentioned over here? Why Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim are mentioned over here? Because Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim prove to us that He is the only God. It is out of the mercy of Allah, because of His mercy, that we are alive. That we get sustenance. That we get sunlight, we get rain, we get air to breathe. Our bodies grow. We have children. We have food to eat. The food we eat, it benefits our bodies. When we're sick, there's also cure. Who has made all of this? Who has created all of the system? The one who is very, very merciful. So when he is Ar-Rahman, when he is Ar-Rahim, then what does it mean? That he is the only God. He is the only one who deserves worship. And when he is so merciful to you, then what does it mean? that you should also recognize Him and give Him what He deserves. If somebody is kind to you, somebody is very good with you, then what is required from you? You ignore them? You don't say thank you to them, but you say thank you to everybody else? If somebody is kind to you, if somebody is good to you, it means you give them what they deserve. And when Allah is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, when He created you, when He caused you to grow, when He gave you knowledge, when He gave you a mind, when He gave you your faculties, when He gave you your family, the opportunities you've had in your life, the things you've done in your life, the things you've accomplished in your life, every time you were sick, He healed you. All of this is from Allah. So what does it mean? That you worship Him alone and no one else. وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ لَا إِلَاهَ إِلَّا هُوَ الرَّحْمَنُ الرَّحِيمُ Now this is something very obvious. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of His mercy illustrates this fact through the signs of His creation. Through bayinat, clear evidences that point that He is the only God. That point that He is the one who is merciful. That point that He alone deserves worship. إِمَّا فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Indeed, in the creation of the heavens and the earth. خَلْق خَلْق to create. Creation. خَلْق is to create. And خَلْق also refers to something that has been created. So in the creation of what? Of the skies and the earth. And السَّمَاوَاتِ is a plural of? Is the plural of? سَمَاءِ that how Allah has created the skies and how Allah has created the earth. If you think about it, was there ever a time when this earth did not exist? Was there? Yes. Even those people who don't believe in God say that. They say that there was nothing and the Big Bang Theory, there was a Big Bang and then everything came into being. So the earth did not exist before. Even they say what do we believe? Who brought the earth into existence? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who created the sky? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in their creation, that how Allah brought them into existence when there were nothing before. You know if you have a whole lot of ingredients and you make a wonderful cake with it, let's say a cheesecake, that tastes amazing, that looks very impressive, how do you feel about yourself? Wow. 
What do other people say about you? Wow. And if you tell them, made from scratch, everything myself. It's not from the frozen section of the grocery store. You know, it wasn't a cake mix. that I just mixed water into it and shoved it into the oven and now it's a lovely cake. No, I made everything myself. How do you feel? Wow. What do other people say about you? Impressive. If somebody says, I don't buy pasta, I make it myself. I don't buy tomato sauce, I make it myself. You're like, what? You can do that? That's impressive, right? The heavens and the earth did not exist. Even this matter did not exist. You know the earth we touch? Even they did not exist. Anything. Who brought it into existence? Allah. He brought them into existence. And He didn't just bring them into existence and just leave them. No. He has made them last. He has made their existence continue for thousands and thousands of years. How old is this world? How old is the sky? Allahu A'lam. We can only guess that it's several thousands of years old. Allah only knows how old they are. Now imagine, if you make something, let's say you make some tomato sauce yourself, and you know how people make it themselves and they put it in those cans and they can actually keep them in their pantry for like months and months? Imagine you managed to preserve it for 20 years. People will say, what? 20? That's impressive. If something has been preserved since the past 50 years, since the past 100 years, if there is a building that somebody made thousands of years ago and it's still existing today, aren't we impressed? Yes. But what is its state today? Very different from how it was before. If you go to any place where archaeologists have discovered a place, buildings that were constructed thousands of years ago, what is their state today? They're in ruins. But still we get impressed by the fact that they are still standing. If you look at the pyramids, they're still standing today. Can you live in there? No way. Can you live around that area? No way. But still it's impressive. Look at the heavens and the earth. Allah brought them into existence thousands of years ago and look at them today. Still functioning perfectly. So, إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ In their existence, in how Allah has caused them to remain. Thirdly, in their كَيْفِيَ Meaning how Allah has made them. That if you look at the sky, how comforting it is to look at. If you look at the earth, how comforting it is to walk on. Just this morning when we were driving to Al-Huda, I was looking at the sky, so many different colors of blue. It was as though somebody had taken a paintbrush, watercolors, and just painted lines. Beautiful. So how Allah has made it. And the sky, it's so vast. You're always beneath the sky. But do you ever feel claustrophobic? No. If you're ever in a building, and the ceiling is low, what happens eventually? You're like, I want to get out of here. If you stay in your house, in a building, even though the ceiling may be very high, eventually you want to get out. But the sky is such that the ceiling is above you all the time, but you never ever feel claustrophobic. So how Allah has created it? The earth. How Allah has created it? Smooth. You can walk on it. You can dig it. You can live on it. You can lie down on it. You can make so many things from it. Fourthly, in what Allah has placed within them. If you look at the sky, it's not just a blue sheet above you. No. 
There's so much inside of it. If you look at the earth, is it just empty? Soil? No. There's so much inside of it. Minerals, water, so many types of resources. So many benefits for people. And it's amazing that we come from this earth and we go back into this earth. Our bodies, they grow, they get their nourishment from what? From the earth. And when we die, where do our bodies go? Where do they go? Back into the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, أَلَمْ نَجْعَلِ الْأَرْضَ كِفَاتَ أَحْيَاءً وَأَمْوَاتًا Have we not made the earth a container? That it's a perfect container for who? For those who are alive and also for those who are dead. Imagine if a person died and the earth would not take him in. Imagine if the earth was all rock, all rock, all concrete like we have made much of this earth. Could we bury our dead? Could we grow our plants? We couldn't. There would be so many things that we wouldn't be able to do. So, إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Indeed, in the creation of the heavens and the earth. وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ And the alternation of the night and the day. اختلاف is from the root letters خَا لَام فَا And خَلْف is behind. Remember the word Khalifa? Who is Khalifa? The one who comes after someone, behind someone. So اختلاف, the alternation. That how one goes and the other comes. One leaves and the other follows right after. So the اختلاف of what? Al-layl wal-nahar, the night and the day. The alternation of the night and the day. What does it mean by this? That how the night goes and it's followed by the day. But is that it? No, then the day goes and what comes after it? The night, but is that it? No, then the night goes and the day comes after it. A constant, never-ending cycle. And eventually a day will come when the sun will not be allowed to go back. When the sun will not be allowed to rise up again. So, وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ اختلاف also means difference. You may have heard, there is اختلاف amongst the scholars concerning this. Meaning there is a difference of opinion. One scholar says such and such, and the other says something different. So, اختلاف اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ meaning the differences that are between the night and the day. How the night is so dark and the day is completely opposite, bright. Sometimes in the night you can't see a thing and during the day you can see everything. It's so bright you can't open your eyes. You have to wear sunglasses. Another difference in the night and the day is that the day sometimes is very hot and the night is cool, especially in the desert. The day is so hot that it's impossible to step out in midday. And the night is so cool. It is so comforting. And ikhtilaf of the night and the day is also in one more way. That how days and nights, they differ so much. You could have a horrible day and all of a sudden the night is so good. You could have a horrible night and then the day is so good. In the night, you hear some very bad news. And in the day, you hear some very good news. During the day, something terrible happens. And during the night, something amazing happens. So things don't remain the same. They keep changing. As the night and the day change, likewise, things in your life also change. 
Another ikhtilaf in the night and the day is their lengths. Sometimes the day is long, very long, and the night is short, very short. Do we experience that these days? Yes. We're literally waiting for the sun to go down so that we can pray Maghrib. We're literally waiting for the hour and so to pass by so that we can pray Isha. And before you know it, it's Fajr time. So it happens. And then there are times when you don't even know where the day went. The next thing you know, it's Asr time. At 2.30 you're praying Asr. At 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock you're praying Isha. And in the summer, at 6 o'clock you were praying Asr. So this ikhtilaf of the night and the day, that one becomes long, the other becomes short. And this keeps going. Allah says in the Quran in Surah Hajj, Ayah 61, that يُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ وَيُولِجُ النَّهَارُ فِي اللَّيْلِ That Allah causes the night to enter into the day and the day to enter into the night. And all of this happens so gradually. You know, it's not like you go into a dark room and all of a sudden you turn the lights on and boom, it's bright. It doesn't happen like that. When the night goes away, it goes how? Very gradually, gradually darkness comes in. And when the day comes, gradually the day becomes bright. There is a great wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this, great mercy of Allah in this. So, وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ وَالْفُلْكِ الَّتِي تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِمَا يَنْفَعُ النَّاسِ وَالْفُلْكِ Fulk, falam kaf, is used for ships. What are ships? Vessels, or you can say vehicles that flow where? On water. So wal folk and the ships, which ships? Allati tajri. Tajri jim raya. Jara yajri is to flow. So they flow, where do they flow? Fil bahri, in the sea. Now in the sea does not mean inside the sea, but it means on the sea. But we know that there are some kind of sea-going vessels that can even go inside the sea, like submarines. So wal folk allati tajri fil bahri. And when these ships, when they sail, what do they sail with? What do they carry? Allah says, بِمَا يَنْفَعُ nas With that which benefits the people. يَنْفَعُ نُونْ فَعِينَ نَفْر Nafr is to benefit. So these ships, they carry what is of benefit to the people. What is it that ships carry? Trade between different countries. So for example, in one country, you have a lot of cotton. Cotton grows. So over there they have factories, they make garments, they make clothes. And that is shipped to another place, such as a place which is very icy and cold for most of the year. And there's no chance of growing anything like cotton over there. So through ships, people are able to transfer what? Goods from one place to the other. And these goods, they include food, they include Different things that people use. Different items that people use. From things that they can use in their clothing, in their food, to their bedding, to their housing. Everything. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes you look at something made in China, made in Japan, made in India. You're like, wow. This came all the way from China. This came all the way from India. For example, you love a particular fruit. And even though it may grow in your land, but it doesn't taste the same. Mangoes, it's summertime. 
people have their own particular taste of mango. It has to be an Indian, it has to be a Pakistan, it has to be Mexican. Everybody has their own taste. And it's only because of these ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for us that we're able to transfer goods from one place to the other. So bima yanfa'un nas. So this includes risk, it includes the trades of people. It also includes the people themselves. You know, we travel from one place to the other, and how do we do that? Through these vessels that Allah has allowed for us to create. Now, if you think about it, there's also something else that's very amazing, besides ships that flow in the sea. Ships that fly in the sky. That's not directly mentioned in the Qur'an. But when Allah has mentioned one means through which people travel, then other means are automatically included in that. Because if you think about it, ships, who made them? People. Who manufactured them? People. But how are they able to use them on water? Why is it that if you drop a pin in the water, it will sink? But if you make a huge ship, then it'll be a thousand times heavier than a pin. You place it on water, it's not going to sink, it's going to flow. Who created that system? Allah. Who enabled that for you? Allah. If He wanted, nothing at all could ever float on the surface of water. Who created that physics? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did. So likewise, who created that physics through which you can cause huge aircrafts to fly in the earth for so long? Allah caused that. Allah enabled that. So, وَالْفُلْكِ الَّتِي تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِمَا يَنْفَعُ النَّاسِ You know, the thing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has dispersed the risk that people need all over the earth. Something that you find in one place, you can never find in another place. There are many things that you can only find in a particular place in the earth. And you can never ever find it somewhere else. Even if you try to grow it there, it will never taste the same. If you bring a date palm tree into Canada and you try that it grows and it gives fruits, will it grow? It might in the summer, but then eventually winter will come and it will die. So Allah has dispersed risk all over the earth, different different types of risk. Why? So that we travel in search of it from one place to the other. And through this travel, what happens? We communicate with other people, we benefit other people, we get to know one another. There's a lot of benefit in this for people. وَالْفُلْكِ الَّتِي تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِمَا يَنْفَعُ النَّاسِ وَمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنْ مَا And the water that Allah sends down from the sky. وَمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ And that which Allah sends down مِنَ السَّمَاءِ from the sky مِنْ مَا of water. It doesn't mean that the water falls down from the sky, but the water falls down from what is in the sky. And what is that? Clouds. You might be like, yeah, obviously, water falls down from the sky, you know, from clouds in the form of rain, and that is of benefit to people, but what's the big deal? It is a big deal, just reflect on it. Imagine if there was no rain. Imagine if the only way we could get water was from rivers and lakes and springs, would we be missing something? What? If there was no rain, what would happen? It would be impossible for us to water all of the earth. And as a result, a lot of the earth would become barren. What else? Do you know about the water cycle? Isn't that something so basic? That the water evaporates and then it falls down. 
it's cleaned up and then it falls down. Imagine if the water evaporated because of the sun but never came back. By now we would be left with zero water. Given the amount of water that evaporates every single day and the amount of water that's cleaned in that process. And think about it. When water falls down from the sky, then everything benefits. Everything. From the plants to the trees to the grass to the places that are abandoned by people to the places that people cannot even reach. Because of the rain, the air becomes clean as well. If you go to a place where it hasn't rained for a while, then you see how dusty it is, how dry it is, how polluted it is, but because of the rain, it becomes clean. Without rain, the water cycle would not exist because the water would not be evaporated and the water would not come down and we wouldn't have water in our rivers. You know, the river water, it comes from where? comes from where? It comes from certain sources. And they would dry up eventually. So who causes all of this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِن مَاءٍ فَأَحْيَا بِهِ الْأَرْضُ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا فَأَحْيَا And then He gave life. حَا يَا يَا He gave life bihi through it. Through what? Through the water that falls from the sky. He gives life to what? الْأَرْضِ The earth بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا After its death. The earth was dead. Allah caused water to fall down on it and it became alive. What does it mean by the death of the earth? Barrenness, dryness. When there are no plants, there are no birds, there are no animals, there are no insects. And you will see this. That when a particular part of the earth, it becomes dry, there is a famine for example, drought for example, what happens then? What happens? You can't find any creatures. It's dead, brown, beige. There's no life. But when rain falls, even though it's very little, all of a sudden you see everything go green. And as it goes green, you see birds. You know, it's amazing how in the summer you won't find as many beautiful birds across, you know, for example, even the city. But in spring, in the summer, you will see the most beautiful birds. All of a sudden, it looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful when you go to a place like that. So, فَأَحْيَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا In Surah Hajj, Ayah 63, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَتُصْبِحُ الْأَرْضُ مُخْضَرَّةِ Then the earth becomes green. So the greenery of the earth, the colorfulness of the earth is actually its life. And when the earth does not have that color, then it is as though dead. وَبَثَّ فِيهَا مِنْ كُلِّ دَابَّةِ بَثَّ بَثَّثَ بَثَّ يَبُثُّ is to spread something, to scatter something. How Allah has scattered, He has dispersed, فِيهَا meaning in the earth, مِنْ كُلِّ دَابَّةِ every type of دَابَّةِ دَابَّةِ is from دَال بَابَةِ and دَابَّةِ يَدُبُّ is to move, to crawl. And dabba is used for a creature that can move, it can crawl itself, willingly. No matter what its size is, no matter what its speed is. So it includes fish, because fish, they're creatures that can move themselves. Some fish move very fast and others very slow. It includes ants, because ants, again, they move, even though they're very tiny. It includes elephants that are huge, because they move still. Likewise, it includes birds, because what is their movement? Flying. They even walk. Sometimes they hop. 
And human beings, human beings also, we move. Even bacteria, does it move? Does it? Yes. So, وَبَثَّ فِيهَا مِنْ كُلِّ دَابَّ Every type of creature, Allah has scattered, He has dispersed throughout the earth. Any place you go to in this world, what will you find over there? What will you find? Some creature. Even if you go to a place where there is drought, will you find some creatures? Yes, you will. In the desert, where there are no plants, will you find some creatures? Yes, you will. You go to Iceland, you go to a place where there's ice everywhere, will you find some creatures? Yes, even beneath the ice, there are fish and there are seals. This recently a friend of mine, she went to Alaska. On a cruise she went, and she said we were basically surrounded by ice everywhere. There was whiteness everywhere. And they saw polar bears, and they saw killer whales, penguins, You will find creatures everywhere. وَبَثَّ فِيهَا Allah scattered them everywhere. Even if you go to the basement of your house, what will you find there? Spiders. If you're digging in your backyard, what will you find? Earwigs. Snails. You will find creatures everywhere. Tiny creatures, big creatures. I'm not talking about how they look and how you like them. I'm not talking about your feelings about them. But I'm talking in general, وَبَثَّ فِيهَا مِنْ كُلِّ And notice كُلِّ دَابَّ meaning every type of creature. Creatures that fly, creatures that walk, creatures that crawl, creatures that run, every type of creature. That are pink, that are blue, that are brown, that are yellow, that are spotted, that are solid in their color, that have fur, that have feathers. Every type of creature. You name it, it's there. You describe it, it's there. Sizes are different. And why do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept so much variety in the types of creatures? What's the reason behind that? There are many benefits to that. You know what? First of all, we learn from the different, different types of creatures that Allah has created. We learn from them. You know how? Whatever they do, we do the same. When the first human being was killed, when the first human being died, His brother wondered, what should I do with the body? Then what happened? A crow came and he dug into the earth. He scratched the earth. And then that crow buried another crow. So the human beings also learned, okay, we should also do the same thing. Birds fly. And because of that, we wondered, how can we fly? So we observe the birds. We looked at their bodies. We looked at how they flew. And we figured out how we can also fly. Horses run. And so we have horsepower in our cars, in our vehicles. Animals swim. And we want to swim too. So don't we learn so many things from the animals? From the different, different types of creatures? Yes, we do. And then, so many different types of creatures. Why? Because we benefit from them in different ways. Directly and also indirectly. We directly benefit from them, we indirectly benefit from them. For example, when it comes to meat, when it comes to fur, where do we get that from? The animals that we eat, like for example sheep, cows, so on and so forth. So Allah has placed our needs in different, different types of creatures. If you want beautiful feathers, blue and green, to decorate whatever you want, can you get that from a goat? 
You can't. You can only get that from a peacock. You can only get that from a beautiful bird. So our needs have been placed in these animals, different, different types of animals. وَبَثَّ فِيهَا مِن كُلِّ دَابَّةِ وَتَصْرِيفِ الرِّيَاحِ And the alternation of the winds. Tasrif, the changing of the winds, صَدْرَفَ صَرَفَ يُصَرِّفُ is to take something and bring it back in a different way. To bring it back in a different way. So tasrif al-riyah is the changing of the winds. Al-riyah is a plural of rih, wind. So how? At one time the wind is very fierce. At another time it's such a nice cool breeze. At one time it's extremely hot. At another time it's wind chill. At one time it's blowing against you. At another time it's blowing in your direction. وتصريف الرياح And these winds, they bring many benefits to people. Because of them, there is fertilization. How? In the plants. Fertilizing winds. Because of them, what happens is the clouds come and as a result we have rain. So وتصريف الرياح They're so different. والسحاب And the clouds. سين حابا Clouds that are المسخر Subjected, seen khara. They are fixed, they are subjected where? Bayna sama'i wal ard, between the sky and the earth. They are suspended between the sky and the earth. They're neither too far from us, nor are they too close to us that we are in fog all the time. Wasahabil musakhari bayna sama'i wal ard. And this is a huge blessing for people. Because the clouds, what do they provide us with? Shade, and they also provide us with rainwater. And imagine if there were no clouds. Would we have that shade? No. Would we have that rainwater? No. So who caused that to happen? Allah. In all of this, Allah says, لَآيَاتِ Surely many signs, plural of ayah. For who? لِقَوْمِ يَعْقِلُونَ For those people who يَعْقِلُونَ They understand. يَعْقِلُونَ is from عَيْن قَافْ لَامْ And عَقْلُ is intellect. Literally it means to connect. You may have heard the hadith, اِعْقَلْ وَتَوَكَّلْ Tie your camel and then rely on Allah. So, irqal, to tie. So, aql is to basically make connections. Aql is not just to see something and know what it is. Okay, yeah, there's a cloud, yes. It gives us shade, gives us water. Aql is to connect it. Where did it come from? Why is it like this? Who brought it? What's the purpose? Why for our benefit? So, aql Intellect, remember, is of two types. The first is of idraq, of perception, to perceive things as they are. And the other is of right guidance, that a person makes the right connection as well. There are many people who study the water cycle. There are many people who study the different types of animals that are out there. Many people who study the earth, who study the sky, who study everything that's on this earth. But, does every single one of them make the right connection? That this has been made by Allah? These things prove that there is a God who made this. These things prove that I am here for a reason. That if the sun is doing something, the clouds are doing something, then what am I doing? If the rocks are doing what they're supposed to do, the animals are doing what they're supposed to do, then what am I supposed to do? So all of these things that Allah has mentioned over here, they have not been created in vain. They have not been created for us to see and study in our science class and just pass our exam and move on. No. They are ayat. They are signs that we should reflect on. We should study. 
And through them, we recognize the mercy of Allah, the power of Allah, the wisdom of Allah. The mercy of Allah, that how all of these things benefit us. In such an amazing way that we could never do that for ourselves if it was up to us. The qudra, the power of Allah, that if all of the people gather together to keep the sun, that it doesn't set, could we do that? To force the earth to stay in position and not rotate for the night and day to come and go, could we do that? No. For all human beings to gather together, to have water evaporated and to cause it to descend from the sky, could we do that? No, we couldn't. If all human beings gather together to make something, to make a creation, a dabba, that is something that Allah did not make, can we do that? Not at all. People have been trying to make robots, even that, with whose aql? The aql that Allah has given to them. With whose materials? Materials that Allah has created for them. So, All of these things prove to us the rahmah of Allah, the qudra of Allah, and the hikmah of Allah, the wisdom of Allah. And all of these things show that there is Allah who deserves worship. There is Allah who has been very generous with us. And when He has been so generous with us, when He has fulfilled every single need of ours, from vitamin D to vitamin C, to everything that we could ever need, He has placed it in this earth then what is our duty? That we ignore Him? That we don't care for Him? We are not mindful of Him? No. That we also give Him His haq. So all of these signs, what do they prove? That وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ One God. And if you think about it, one more thing I want to mention to you is, that in this verse, all the things that are mentioned, are they not connected with each other? Are they not connected with each other? Yes. The alternation of the night and the day is connected with how the sky is, how the earth is. The coming down of the rain, the growing of plants from the earth, the animals being everywhere, the ships, the travel, everything, isn't it connected with each other? It's all one big system. It's all one big puzzle. So when everything is connected with each other, nothing is separate then what does it show? There is only one power above all of this, one being above all of this. Not multiple, not two, not three, not five, not at all, only one. And who is he? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَآيَاتِ لِقَوْمِ يَعْقِلُونَ But who will understand this? Only those who use reason. So the next time you study something, whether it's in science or in biology, use your aql. Use the intellect that Allah has given to us. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ لَا إِلَاهَ إِلَّا هُوَ الرَّحْمَنُ الرَّحِيمُ إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ وَالْفُلْكِ الَّتِي تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِمَا يَنْفَعُ النَّاسَ وَمَا أَنْزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنْ مَاءٍ فَأَحْيَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا 
السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ